Hello and welcome to the Bear Your Soul Sister podcast. We are your hosts, Ree and Kara. And our mission is to have real and raw conversations with everyday women. So you can see you are not alone in a big, beautiful world. And if one woman can conquer their challenges, you can too. Now let's dive into this epic episode. Hey guys, welcome to a, another episode. I'm actually really excited. I say that every time, but I'm very excited for uh, today's episode because I am going to be talking with a beautiful friend of mine, Kimberly, on a topic that I feel like every person that has a vagina um, needs to hear. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. So hello, Kimberly. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this today. It gets me so pumped. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that so hard. So for those who have no freaking idea who you are, can you tell us a little bit about you and how you came across this work that you now do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Kimberly. I am a nutritionist and a holistic health coach. And my focus is really on the menstrual cycle and menstrual cycle alignment. And um, I came about this work through, you know, like a lot of other women come across this work and come across this message. And that's through menstrual cycle issues of my own. Um, So for many, many years, I suffered from debilitating period pain, visited so many doctors with no answers. And um, it wasn't until November last year when I was actually found a good doctor and I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I had a surgery and I am starting to realize, or I started to realize after that, that this narrative of women with our menstrual cycle, one, it is a direct line to our health, but two, when we, when we present to a doctor's office with these issues or these like really severe symptoms that we're experiencing, we're often getting palmed off. Um, So this just made me feel super, super passionate about getting this information out there so we can ensure that women, when they go into their doctors, they're super equipped with um, the right questions and the right information so they can get to the bottom of their concerns without being gaslit or, you know, told that it's all in their head. So just really, really lit a fire in my belly. And that's, yeah, that's how I found this work. I love that. I love that so much. I've been to one of your uh, seminars, I guess that's what you would call it. And they're amazing. So if anyone's like near the Gold Coast, I would highly recommend you getting on board if you love this topic or want to know more about it. But what I love the most about your, um, your seminar, your event is how you held space for the people in the room to share their story about what it was like for them having a menstrual cycle growing up and the stories that were told about, uh, from other people, um, about their period and all that kind of stuff. So I would love to hear from you, like, what was the story that you had around, your period, your experience growing up when you first got it? What, like, how did that come about and how has that evolved over the years? Yeah, this is a question that I love to ask other women as well. So thank you for asking me because I think it's really important that we go back and visit our experience of when we first got our period because I find that often that holds a lot of clues around the beliefs that we hold around our periods. So if we can dig back to that story, it's super important. So For me, um, 
getting my period was okay in my house because my mom, she was okay with it. Um, you know, she made sure that I had what I needed, but her point of view was, um, we're going straight to tampons. We're not going to pads because pads are disgusting. Uh, you know, that's in her language. Um, and, um, her view around this was that this is just something that I have to deal with now every month for the rest of my menstruating years. So I was taught from a really early age that my um, period was an inconvenience. Um, so naturally when I was a teenager and went on the pill um, for no crazy reason either, like I didn't have um acne. I didn't have any bad period symptoms at that time. I wasn't sexually active. It was kind of just seems to be this common thing that as young women, we walk into the doctor's office and we are prescribed a hormonal contraceptive. And for me, that that being prescribed hormonal contraceptive was like my almost initiation into womanhood. It wasn't really getting my period that was the initiation. It was getting the pill because that's what uh, like mature like menstruating girls of my age were doing at that time. Um, And when I got the pill, it, and I went on all sorts of things over the years. So it was like the pill to the injections, to the implants. And throughout this journey, um, there was a point in time where my period stopped completely for almost three years. And for me, who had been taught that periods were an inconvenience, this was brilliant like this was awesome it was so good like I felt like this was the best thing to not have a period and you know obviously when I did become sexually active being on the pill was like awesome because I didn't get pregnant so like there were all of those good things um, about it so yeah I guess that's sort of my initiation journey of uh you know, getting my first period, being supportive. I did have a, you know, period positive-ish household, whereas like I was about, I was able to talk about it with my mum, but she did have her own views that she passed on to me, which then getting the pill and stopping my period was awesome because it was aligned with my views and my beliefs that were not necessarily my own, but at that time, I guess that's what I, I believed. So it was in alignment for me then. But yeah, fast forward and I decided that uh, I, I just got, I got to a point when I was about 24, when I had this quarter life crisis, I call it, where I was just deeply unsatisfied with my life. Um, I was taking antidepressants at the time, which, you know, now I've learned further down the track, which can be is closely linked to taking hormonal contraceptive. And it's not quite it's not uncommon. Um, but I was just deeply unsatisfied. I was quite unhealthy. And I just got to a point where I just started to question everything in my life. Like I started to question my beliefs around things. I started to question, yeah, I started reading like the labels of the food that I was eating and the chemicals I was putting on my body and the things that I was consuming. And I just started to realize that a lot of this stuff wasn't actually, it didn't speak to me anymore, I suppose. So I, yeah, I just started treating myself a little bit better. And part of this um, journey, I naturally decided to ditch hormonal contraceptive. Um, And it wasn't because of, I don't know, any grand reason. It was just this intuitive feeling that I was like, well, you know what, if I don't want to put these chemicals on my body anymore, if I don't want to eat junk anymore, 
Um, it just felt unnatural to me to be taking hormonal contraceptive, which was awesome. So I stopped taking it. It took me about six months to get my period again. And even still, it took a further six months beyond that for it to become regular. But when it did come back, it came back with a whole range of menstrual issues, which I had never experienced before because I'd been on the on contraceptive for hormonal contraceptive for over 10 years at this point, which is like most of my menstruating life. So I had no idea what it felt like to menstruate. I didn't really know what it felt like to experience a cycle or a period. So here I was at 24, just experiencing what it's like to have a cycle for the first time. But um, because I didn't know what it was like to have a cycle, all of these symptoms that came up for me, I just thought they were normal. I just thought that period pain um, and, you know, not just period pain, it was debilitating period pain. I just thought that that was normal. Um, I thought really heavy periods was normal. And, you know, even throughout my university degree, um, we learned really in depth of the, um, you know, reproductive system. And I still didn't make that connection because I think when you see something so dry and sciencey and you learn about it, you don't make that real, real life connection of how that manifests into your life or like what that, what that looks like and what that feels like. Um, and I, over the years, visited several doctors who palmed me off and I... <sighs> One of these things I have to tell this story because it's something that just, I laugh at it now, but I walked out crying and angry. I, when I was describing my period pain to one of these doctors, she, and I, I specifically went to her because she said she was in her profile. It said she was um, really invested in women's health. And I was like, perfect. That's exactly what I need. Someone who's going to like hear me and care for me. She said to me when I was addressing the um, pain during sex, pain during intercourse, she said to me that perhaps I'm not aroused enough to have sex and that's the reason why it's hurting. And, like, Re, you know me. You know that I'm, like, really in touch with my sexuality. You know that, like, I know how to get aroused. I know, like, you know what I mean? I, that's important to wow. me. And um, I was not only super offended, I was just let down because I felt like I walked out without any answers and I went through several other doctors until I finally found a good one who actually listened to me. But um, that's yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> that's that's insane. Like, and it's so common. Like, it's happened to me as well. I remember. Uh, I won't go too much into my story about my menstrual cycle, but I remember when I found out I had PCOS. I had a cyst burst, and it was insane pain. Like, I I remember rolling over in bed and being in so much pain that I vomited. Like it was insane. And the ambulance, when they arrived, was just like, oh, it could be her getting her period for the first time. And I was like, if this is what it's like, fuck that, cut it out now. And I was 17. I was like, there is no way I'm doing this every month. And then they're like, oh, actually a cyst burst. And that's why you haven't had a period yet. And you're 17, you know? So I feel like it's so common that people just you know, put you in a box and be like, oh, it's just this, or you're just hormonal or whatever. And I think it's really, I think it's important for us to do our own research because not everyone has the capacity to really nurture us in a way that we desire. Uh, and even though that sucks, like, because they're, they're professionals, but, you know, we've got to do what we can as well along the way. 
And I think it's one of those things that unless you are the person experiencing the symptom, symptoms, you, you'll never really know. And, and I say this because like, um, you know, as I mentioned before, going through all of my study and learning about this in a really dry textbook way, you don't really make the connection until you're experiencing it yourself. And I even found, even through like my um, surgery and diagnosis, I was so overwhelmed by the amount of information coming to me, like the amount of new information coming to me. And I thought, man, I'm, I've been through all of this education, but I still feel so lost and unsupported. And then it took a bit of time to digest and revisit um, this information and do my own research till I really made sense of it. And I thought, if that's me, someone who's really in touch with my cycle, someone who um, knows a lot about reproductive health, the average woman who, who hasn't really been involved in this world at all, I, I wonder how this has been handled or how she must be feeling, mm. all that sort of stuff. So, and, that, and that's what, again, makes me super passionate about it because I'd love to be able to bring this information to people in a really easily digestible way, in a, de- in a way that's empowering. So in a way that, yeah, just em- empowers you to take this, not into your own hands, but not take no for an answer. You know, don't just, if you walk out of a doctor's appointment where you've just spilled your heart of all this like pain and these symptoms that you're experiencing, if you get an answer that you're not satisfied with intuitively, like, you know, that feeling of walking out of the doctor and you're like, that doesn't feel right. I, you know, they haven't listened to me. Don't ever ignore that feeling. That feeling is so correct and get another opinion and uh, yeah, just don't take no for an answer. I get really passionate about that. <laughs> I agree. And like, I've been through multiple things from my hormones as well. And I've done it. I've done the same thing. I'm like, nope, going here, going here, going here. Like your health needs to be your number one priority and no one can feel what you're feeling. So if you're feeling something and you're like, I don't feel like that was, you know, uh, answered then yeah, like keep going back. And I know it's so fucking frustrating when people aren't listening, but the only person that can't give up on themselves is you and you have to continuously go until you find someone um and you will find someone it just does sometimes takes take some time Mm. you know and community community is huge so um you know the way that I found my doctor who is so amazing and I just I adore her so much um was through community I was recommended by someone to go and see her and yeah just opening up that conversation and, and talking with other women that have a cycle or have these same symptoms. Um, yeah, I think it's it's so powerful just to connect with other women that actually understand, you know, women, we have this capacity to have so much empathy. Mm. Um, and outside of the doctor's office, that empathy and understanding is so important, if not more important on the healing journey, I think, for yeah. sure. And to come back to that, like we'll go, we're kind of gone back, but when you shared like your story on, you know, what your belief system was when it came to your menstrual cycle, when you first experienced a cycle as a young teenager, I find, cause there's so many people like that. I was the same. There was for a very long time where I felt uncomfortable talking about menstrual cycles, periods, all that kind of stuff that I felt like I couldn't actually bring that up with my community because of my own embarrassment and my own shame. So two questions, 
what do you believe about your you, specifically your menstrual cycle now? We know what it used to be like. What is it like for you now? And how did you start to openly talk about that uh, with your community so that you found people within your community that were, were comfortable enough to share that? Yeah, that's two really great questions that I think we should all be asking ourselves as well. Um, so for me now, I view the menstrual cycle as such a gift, like for so many reasons. First and foremost, your menstrual cycle is a direct line to your overall health. So as women, we are given this unique unique opportunity and unique insight into what our body is doing every month. But we do need to be really aware of our own patterns and we do need to be tracking to be able to see those gifts. But if there's something that's wrong with our menstrual cycle, when I say wrong, it could be irregular, it could be heavy bleeding, it could be painful. There's so many different things it could be. It's a direct line to what's going on inside our body. So first and foremost, it's such a gift that we have. Um, And also... I guess not only is it a gift to have insight for our health, but it's a gift to um, it's a gift for our self-care practices. It's a gift for our um, the way that we connect to our intuition, because there are certain times of the month, um, specifically when we're premenstrual or when we're menstruating, where our intuition is heightened, our, um, you know, things that are out of alignment with us will present themselves to us. And, you know, we need to be ready to accept that information so we can take it on board and actually do something with that information. So we can actually really have a lot of insight into our life of what's working for us, what's not working for us. So I, it's such a gift to be a woman. Like I'm so, I'm in such celebration of it um, just because of the way that it's changed my life through having access to this information. And through just through that simple understanding of the gift that it is, I felt like naturally I was able to talk about it. So I know that I never really had the the belief that the menstrual cycle was hush, hush and taboo. Like, I mean, to a certain degree in high school, I think it is, you know, you hide your tampon or you hide your pad and you sort of, it, it's very discreet. But um, my cousin, actually, I've just had this like flash come into my, into my vision of like, I remember when I was hanging out with my cousin, she's five years older than me and she sort of made a joke and she put like a tampon up her nose and she was just being silly with it. And I was just like, oh, I did have this like really playful, airy, it ain't no thing kind of experience. So I never felt like it was hush hush. And then with this, um, yeah, added layer of now viewing it as a gift rather than an inconvenience, I felt like it was just very easy for me to talk about it. And, but I do notice that sometimes my openness Um, especially when I say the time that we're bleeding, that word bleeding seems to trigger people a lot. Um, And I can, I can see people's body language sometimes when I'm talking kind of close off a little and I'm just like, ah, okay. I know that they're, you know, they have some beliefs there that this is uncomfortable to talk about. This shouldn't be spoken about. And I wonder then my question then would be, why do you believe that? Where did you learn that? What were your experiences that led you to feel like you couldn't talk about this? Because this is such a natural, it's like, it's the one of the most natural things that we experience. I mean, without the menstrual cycle, there is no life on earth. It is like the most natural thing um, that our bodies can go through. So I would, yeah, I would question where our beliefs come from of why we can't talk about it. And, and oftentimes it, it comes from period 
positive uh like households that were not necessarily period positive or you know through school the types of groups that we hung out with and there's so many different layers to why that could be yeah and everyone needs to rewind and write those questions down so they can journal it out because I think you know you sent them to me because I came to you one time and said like I have discomfort talking about the menstrual cycle and you threw questions like that at me and I journaled them out and I was like whoa I knew that were there but I didn't know that they were super deep and like when you were talking about the word bleeding that doesn't trigger me but the word period does because every time my mother used to say it she would drop her tone she would be like oh I'm on my period like she would just drop like she she would always be very shameful to say that or like when she's talking about a friend oh she's not coming over today because she's got really bad pain because she's on like that's how it'll always be and yeah. so that word when people say it out loud I'm like oh who's looking like that's how I used to why are you yelling yeah like <laughs> no one needs to know like come on say it quietly like that but that was because of the experience and my mum did that because my dad was so disgusted by um the cycle. So I, I knew I'm like, okay, so my mum does that because of her experience in our household, but it's not, it's not something that I have to take on. So I think mm-hmm. asking yourself those questions, you can be like, oh, okay. So that's a belief that I've picked up on from somebody else. It's not something that I've chosen to believe. Um, it's just, there's so many, you know, like people get really offended. It will get uncomfortable with the word moist. Like I think, <laughs> I love I think, that word. <laughs> I think of like beautiful, delicious, moist, like um chocolate mud cake. Like that's what I think of. I'm like, oh my God, that's that sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the word moist reminds me of like a rainforest, which then also yes. reminds me of fertility and I'm like I don't know so I just I love that word I feel like some people must think of like damp cloths or something (laughs) like that that off water smell I don't know like that's maybe that's what they're thinking and they just like what but um yeah yeah so I think it's really I do think it's really important to ask yourself those questions and then um just something that because I was someone that had I guess a a household where I felt like it was taboo to talk about it. Something that I've started doing if I choose to talk about it with friends or family is I will actually preframe it and say, I feel really uncomfortable with sharing this, but I'm really curious to ask you a question of like, what was your experience being on this particular pill? Or do you get heavy bleeding of like, do you get blood clots? Like, I don't know because all I've ever seen is stuff online because I haven't had anyone that I'm comfortable talking about that with so I'd preface it and I'd be like I'm uncomfortable I'm sorry if you're uncomfortable but I need to ask people because I'm sick of not knowing right yeah. so that that's how I started to get into those conversations because I was I just didn't have any other option and then having those conversations then enabled me to actually have more knowledge of like the symptoms of clotting or or pain or you know heavy and light bleeding and what's classed as normal-ish and all those kinds of things I learned a lot more about that by being able to express that within my community and also professionals so yeah if you feel uncomfortable start with pre-framing like I'm uncomfortable but I this is my intention with this conversation yeah calling it what it is yeah Yeah. and I, I think that the more that you have these conversations and you realize that nothing is going to hurt you and you are actually safe in these conversations yeah that the more you will become comfortable with it as well um yeah yeah and if you walk away feeling unsafe in a conversation then I don't think they're the kind of people you should be having in your life full stop so you know I think a lot can be learned from those conversations 
All right, we're going to jump into our rapid fire questions now because I feel like we've covered a lot of beautiful things. Um, awesome. The first question is, if you could tell your inner child something, what would it be? Always uh, my go-to things because I communicate with my uh, inner child a lot and it is you are safe and you are loved and you will always be supported because I am here to take care of you. Oh, so I love that so much. Yeah. Hundred percent. I I actually love talking to my past and future self yep. a lot because you know I look at times in my past and this could be childhood. This could be when I was you know teenager and early adult where I really needed someone and I really really needed support and I felt like there was no one there for me. However, now as my future self from that version, I go back and I send just like unconditional love and just messages of support. Because I know that, you know, when I experience future challenges, I know I'm always supported by my future self. I know that sounds a little bit, mm-hmm. do you understand that? Yeah, yeah I'm picking up what you're putting down. Line. So it means that no matter what struggles I go through in life, I'm always supported by me and by the version of me who is who knows better, who, who knows that I'm strong and knows that I'll get through. So I send that same love back to my my inner child all of the time. And it's like, I am here to support you and you are safe and you are going to be able to face no, no everything, no matter what it is. I love that. I love that so yeah. much. Uh, the next question is if someone is listening to this today and they're going through something similar, maybe they have a, not a very healthy belief system, stories, emotions around their cycle, what would be like three steps that they could take in order to get um, more connected to their, their cycle? Yeah. Um, I think the first step would be, um, accepting or coming to the understanding that having a menstrual cycle to begin with is like an inherently worthy process. So just feeling like having a cycle is, is just worthy and important, so just, just placing that importance on your, on your cycle and just sending love to your cycle to begin with. Um, the second step would be education. So just seeking out education. So whether that's through books or workshops or podcasts like this one, just start to get this information in your ears, in your brain, um, start to get comfortable with this information and start to learn more about it, start to learn more about your body, learn more about your cycle. And then the third step, I believe, would be if you notice anything that's abnormal, so whether that be health-wise or beliefs that you don't think are aligned with you or that you want to reframe, um, seek some sort of support. So if it's a belief system, maybe have a look into um, a coach or some journaling prompts or going to a workshop, um, something like that. If it's a health problem, finding a doctor but then also not taking no for an answer. If you walk out crying, if you walk out distressed, if you walk out feeling like you are empty handed and you don't have answers, please don't give up and try and find a doctor that that will help you. So whether that's getting a recommendation or literally just booking in appointments and trying and seeing and just don't lose hope that you will get the answers that you need. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. Yeah. What would be your biggest life lesson? My biggest life lesson is that we are forever a student. So we are forever evolving and there is just infinite amounts 
to stuff to there's infinite amounts of things that we can learn so it's almost like the lesson is that life is a constant lesson Mm. I just feel like with every you know there's so much even every month with my cycle there's this new bit of wisdom that comes to me it could be a small bit of wisdom it could be a large you know amount of wisdom but there's wisdom that's constantly coming to me which I I really feel connected like I get that through my cycle and it's sort of compounding it adds on top of each other and I just feel like there's just this constant wisdom coming in so if I could put that in a nutshell the biggest lesson I learned is that I don't know everything yeah (laughs) and that there's still so and there's and there's this like potential there's this pure joy and celebration of potential of what's still to come and the mysteries that are still to come so that's really exciting I love that. That's so, and we are, we're a student for life. Like we're forever. If you're, if you think that you're the smartest in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Like it's so important yeah. to continuously, uh, continuously be growing. Yeah. Um, what is one or a couple of resources that has changed your life? And we'll try and be more specific to, I guess, this area of your life. Yeah. Well, um, in terms of books, the most amazing book I've read on menstrual cycle alignment has to be Wild Power. It's a bit of a thick read and it's, it, it's, it's beautiful. And when you're reading it, it can be hard to stick to sometimes, but it's really profound. The information is just incredible. So I recommend anyone who has a cycle, if you can make the time to read Wild Power, you will never regret it. Um, and then specifically with Endo, Um, There are really awesome organizations that have a lot of information. So in Australia, QEndo, if you are someone who thinks you have endo, you are living with endo and you haven't come across QEndo yet. So Q-E-N-D-O, get on it. They've got so many resources, so many professionals, just so much goodness that they're constantly putting out to support women with endo. And like this really is, if I can get into a bit of awareness now, like with endo, there is one in 10 women that have it. So it's a huge number. So, you know, we all know someone with endo because that number is so, so high. And I think it's just so important to raise awareness because it's such a common condition and we suffer with it for so long. Um, and Q endo, they're just doing so much work around this to, you know, just help women there's nothing else quite like it that exists so the work they're doing is incredible I love that I'll definitely put the links into the show notes yeah um next question is what does self-care mean to you self-care means to me listening to the cues of my body so and this is what I go in depth with with my workshops as well so I go talk us through you know the four hormonal phases that we go through as women and what that actually means for our self-care practices, there are certain times in the month where we need more self-care than other times. And then there are other times that are calling us to be um, productive and, and just really going and getting all the tasks done. And to me, that is still a form of self-care because I know that getting those tasks done in those high energy times means that later on, I do have that space available to me where I don't have to feel guilty for taking time off. So it's definitely understanding the needs of my body and actually listening to them. And the thing is, when we start to track our cycle, we can get really strategic about this because we can start to see when our high energy times are, we can start to see when we're a little bit more tender and we can actually schedule in our self-care for that. So it doesn't feel like it comes out of the blue or that it's out of surprise that we need to 
um, shuffle things around in our calendar to fit it in because we've already accounted for that and we've, we've booked in that time so we know that we're not going to skip it and we're not going to um, just, I don't know, prioritize something else over it. So self-care is listening to the needs of my body and and 100% honoring that, like not making any excuses and prioritizing that. I love that. I think that's really, really important. And finally, mm-hmm. where can we find more about you? If people want to get up in your grill and learn more about what you offer or if they want to come to one of your workshops, where can they find you? Yeah. So at the moment, I don't have a website up. That's been one of my pain points, <laughs> but I'm, I'm mostly hanging out on Instagram and I have all of my links available in my Instagram bio. So my Instagram is consciously Kim and I'm sure it will be in the show notes so you can find me. Um, but that's where I'm doing a majority of my sharing and all my links are available to my workshops there. So at the moment I'm hosting my workshops in the Gold Coast um, and I hope to have them in Brisbane soon. So if you're Southeast Queensland, there's monthly workshops happening um, on menstrual cycle alignment. And that's the best way to get this really good, solid foundation of what it's like, like questioning your beliefs on your menstrual cycle, understanding your menstrual cycle and getting in touch with your menstrual cycle. It is such a juicy workshop that I'm so proud of. I'm hosting my next one this weekend and I'm like, oh, I'm so pumped to teach it. And we have amazing conversations like, oh, the stories we share are just so incredible. So if you can come to one of these workshops, please do. I would love to see you there. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are interested, hands down, it was one of the best workshops I've been to. And I learned a lot just from listening and holding space for other people to share their story. Um, And it's just a nice, really safe space because you know, everyone's there for the same reason. They all want to express, they all want to be heard, they all want to be seen. So if you feel like you need that in, you know, your area, your, your experience in the menstrual cycle, then you need not you, you don't have to but like you need it you fuck you need it <laughs> I feel like every every woman needs this it's, it's the education we should have got but we never did like I yes. look back to school it's not in it's not in any school curriculum that I can see and I I did honestly after you know I didn't find this till about a decade after I started menstruating and I felt kind of ripped off that yeah. I didn't know it earlier and I feel so great to have to be sharing this now and I think oh yeah, it's so powerful. It's so yeah. powerful. And, you know, for those who choose to have children uh, and have daughters, they, even though it might feel like it's too late for you, or you're like, damn it, like I wish I knew this when I was younger, you are now equipped with the knowledge for your daughter for when she actually starts a cycle because our our mother or some of our mothers may have not have been equipped. And I'm sure if they were equipped with this knowledge, they would have taken on our menstrual cycle in a completely different way rather than going to the pill or whatever the case, however they helped you because that's all they knew, you know? So having this knowledge is going to help you if you decide to have children and end up having a daughter, or even if you have a son, because then you're teaching your son to show up better for if they choose to have a partner um, Mm. that has a menstrual cycle, then yeah, you know, they're more equipped and that's, yeah, it's all important. It all integrates. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I just think everyone in society needs to know this because there, there is a narrative that we have that needs to be rewritten. Yeah. And I talk about this in the workshop as well, is that we are living in a really masculine and linear society, which doesn't really support the cyclical nature of women. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, even the men in our life, like anyone who has, you know, just this new perspective, that's all it needs to be is a perspective shift yeah. helps us to, um, yeah, understand women a lot better and how we can support women. And you know what? Women are fucking amazing. We have like this gift that, you know, capitalism, because we don't make dollars from our gifts, which is naturally being creative and nurturing and intuitive and stuff. And generally we don't make money from that in this like, you know, corporate structure. So we're not really celebrated for those things in our society. And imagine if we introduced more of this like feminine gift into the world, the way that things would change. Holy shit. Like we could change the world by being in touch with this knowledge. I truly believe. I agree. Rather than trying to be the male or the masculine, we can be whoever we feel we are through our alignment with our energy and still come from a place of knowledge, power, success, financially abundant. Like, yeah, I think it's super important. So thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate everything that you've brought to the table. And I hope that people that are listening got something from this and I would love to hear what it was. Feel free to message me or even message Kimberly to say thanks and share your takeaways. I'm sure Kimberly would love that. Uh, Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for listening wherever you are. I just appreciate it so much and yeah, I'm so happy. Thank you. No problem at all. All right, guys, I will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It means so much to us that you are here. If you love this episode, please share it with your community. And if you're listening from Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and share what you love most about our show. Also, if you would like to be featured on our show, head on over to our Instagram at BearYourSoulSister, all one word. Send us a message and we will flick you over the details on how you can join us. And while you're on Instagram, give us a follow. We would love to get to know you more. Thank you so much for being here. And we look forward to chatting with you next time. Bye. Bye.